Happy Sunday, friends. How's it going? I know it's been about a couple, a week or two. I've not been on here as always, as usual, but um, I hope that everybody's having a great Sunday. I hope that um, you had an awesome Thanksgiving, an amazing Thanksgiving. I can only imagine um, what it was like for you guys. I mean, <clears throat> for me personally, I no secret, I love to what? I love to eat. You know that probably from every podcast that maybe I've I've put on here. I love to eat. And so this is, of course, my time to always be gluttonous and not even that. I mean, I'm a glutton most of the time, Um, but to the utmost glutton behavior. And I eat until I feel like I have to vomit. And maybe vomit's not the best word to use, but that's what I'm using. Earl, you know, regurgitate, whatever you want to eat, however you want to take it. I eat until there comes to a point where I'm literally gagging for air and I'm just like crunched over and in the worst pain ever. But I just, I don't know what it is. I just, I've always been this way. And I think I just learned it from my mother and I, you know what I mean? So um, my Thanksgiving was, it was good. I took the good over the bad. I mean, of course, like any other, I can't, you know, Thanksgiving holiday and not that it's ever been any different, even when I was a child, when I was a child. And I would um, always have to go up, you know, down to the supermarket for my mother because she forgot something every five seconds. It was like, how come that she didn't remember to tell me that she needed that additional item? So, like, I would always make trips up and down. Um, well, I lived in an apartment, you know, so we I, coming up and down, whether it's the stairs or the elevator or what, it didn't matter. Like that was every year. It was, oh, S, go get me this. Oh, go get, oh, I forgot to go. Give me some brown sugar. So fast forward 35 years later, and it's like, why am I still doing that? Though, um, Last year was my first year cooking any Thanksgiving dinner of my own, and I made a barbecue turkey. And I know that it sounds, maybe to some of you, it sounds like, who barbecues a turkey? I do. The unconventional, out-of-the-box individual, me. I do stuff like that. Um, so I, yeah, I decided, you know what? I've, we've had turkey the same way every year. I want to do something different. So I did. I barbecued a turkey, and let me tell you, you guys have got to try it, like, it made no sense how delicious the turkey was. I mean, this is why it's good to like step out of the box sometimes. Get out of the pocket. When you get out of the pocket, a lot of times, you football lovers, most of the, some they're good. There are moments when stepping out of the pocket will cause you to get that touchdown. You know what I'm saying? So I, it was definitely a touchdown moment last year. But you know, this year I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to do barbecue turkey because God bless my hubby. Um, he is a traditional guy and, you know, born, born and raised from the South. So his version of a turkey is you don't mix barbecue chicken seasonings and spices and dressings with a turkey. Turkey should either be fried or it should be, you know, like regular turkey baked in the oven with, you know, golden and whatever. So, um, he was surprised even how good it was. He may not like agree, like he may say, Oh no, it was good. No, but he loved it. Cause he was eating it like no other, but um, this year, you know what? I passed that torch over. He had an idea to do a spatchcock turkey, which I've never heard of. But we looked at some YouTube videos. And um, let me stop right here, put a, put a pin. The YouTube videos that we saw, we saw like at least, let me see, one, two, three, maybe like five or six. And I laughed at five, four of them. Um, I, I kind of laughed at all of them just because of the people and who were doing them. And they were all men. Men are a very special species specimen. They're just special. And I just thought it was so hilarious, that, you know, some of the people, how they were doing their videos and stuff. But it was good to see, you know, a different type of turkey done differently. I've never heard of it. So he decided he wanted to go and, and go out on that venture. And I totally supported him. And the spatchcock turkey, his very first turkey, very first turkey he made in his life. Um, he's not the cooker. He will, you know, he'll get in the kitchen and do what he got to do if he has to do it. But he did. He went on that grill and just, I guess men are grill. You know, they like to grill. They like to get out there, um, feel like manly men and not be in the kitchen with, you know, aprons, I guess. I don't know. And he did. He did it up. It was really, really good. And um, I'm so thankful. But while he was cooking and did mac and cheese and he did the collard greens, 
Um, he really impressed, surprised himself. He surprised me. He surprised the kids. He surprised my mom. You know, like he impressed all of us. So I was, I mean, I gave him like, you know, high fives, kudos. I was so proud of him. And, um, but while he was doing that, <laughs> I was supposed to do the sweet potatoes and I was supposed to do the cornbread and, um, cornbread, sweet potatoes. And, oh my gosh. I'm not a baker, but I got some, you know, pies, whatever. Um, there was one more thing I was supposed to do, and I have Oh, I had some chicken because I just felt like chicken was necessary. Anyhow, I didn't get to do any of that on Thanksgiving Day because started off late, and there was five million things that needed to have been gotten from the store. So here, here I go back to you know thirty five fast forward years later. I am running around. <laughs> Went to Walmart twice. I've been to the supermarkets. I mean, up and down, down and up to the point where by the time I got home and I got my mom back home, I really didn't eat until like after like nine ish the whole day, guys. So um, I don't know. I did a lot of laughing. I did a lot of like SMH. I did a lot of like, this is ridiculous. The kids are at the house. My mom was there. She came. Um, She's here in, in Charlotte where we live. Well, she lives here in North Carolina, but um. I don't know. I it, I ran around the entire day. And then I had a moment where I felt like when I was in a state of losing my mind. And I went to Walmart. I was like, right, you know, I'm going to get some pies, bump that hole, trying to bake anything, not happening. And I got some biscuits because I was like, I'm not going to obviously be able to make the um the cornbread because I had no eggs. And of course, I wasn't going to buy eggs from Walmart. I want to buy eggs from Earth Fair and, or Aldi or Lidl. I don't know where you guys are if you guys have those stores. But I prefer to buy my eggs from there and those stores were closed. So I said, well, let me get some biscuits. And I got some biscuits, right? And um, I'm going somewhere, guys. I promise you. Got some biscuits. And the Walmart that I go to, I like to go to, um, it's about maybe a 20-minute drive from where I live. So I get home and I have every item except my biscuits. So now I have lost it. I have, I'm serious, guys. I have lost it. I'm like, what the flip? Where are my biscuits? I'm checking under the seats in the van. I'm checking on the floor. I'm like, if I if it would have fell out the car when I went to Harris Teeter, you know, I would have heard it fall out the car. I'm having a conversation with the Lord. Like, Lord, like help your daughter out. Like, I am losing it here because I need this biscuit so I could put it in the oven so the kids will have some bread. We'll have bread to eat. Not that bread is important for Essie, so to speak, but it is important to the meal. Okay, you just you need to have a biscuit, your bread and I'm up and down, down and up, up and down. And I am, oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm spazzing in the worst way. You know, I'm screaming and yelling at the, but just, I'm everywhere. Like mentally, I'm everywhere. So I was like, you know what? It's not going to be settled until I go back to Walmart and I've got to tell them what happened. And I need to go get some more biscuits. <laughs> now, mind you, the biscuits were a great value brand. So they were 98 cents, but that was besides the point. My $2 was extremely important. Okay. And I'm like, that's important to me. So I need to get that. I need to fulfill those $2 that I now have, they're missing. And there was three other items on my receipt that I could not even remember. You know, I didn't, I couldn't remember what they were, but they were all 98 cents. Okay. So I go there and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to the Walmart. I know they like to check the cameras a lot of times just to see if you left the store with the item. I'm fine, whatever. But it was Black Friday, so it wasn't as busy as I expected it to be. And I'm so happy. So I get to the counter and I tell the girl what happened. She was so sweet. And she was like, you know, no, ma'am, don't worry, whatever. Go get your biscuits. And I went to get the biscuits. And I was like, praising God on my way to the um to the aisle with the biscuits. I was like, God, you're so awesome. She didn't check the cameras. This is like the best day ever. Now, mind you, at this point, it's like after four o'clock, okay? Because I had to just do it. And then I said to her, I said, look, this is the first when I started off and I went to her, I was like, look, um, I'm hoping you can help me. I said, this is a mystery. This is solving a mystery here. Like kind of like I feel like Dora the Explorer, you know, a little bit of like Angela Lansbury. I like I really need this mystery solved. She's like, OK, <laughs> I think she thought I was crazy. And um, in that moment, I felt crazy. But I told her about the biscuits and she's fine. And I said, but at the top of the receipt, I I have three items. That I don't even know what they are. Like I bought them. I cannot tell you what they are because I've. I don't know. So she said, oh, she looks at it and she says, oh, they were wipes. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I have my wipes and I put them at home. It is amazing how in that moment, over two biscuits that were 98 cents a piece, that I felt like I was losing it all. I couldn't remember um, anything. I couldn't remember what I was doing next or what happened before, like five minutes earlier. And I despise being in those in those moments in my life. And it's like, you know, if we let that one thing just unravel our whole our whole selves like we're mummies like we unravel like a mummy when we do stuff like that or when I do stuff like that I don't know about you but I do and it's just like it 
shouldn't be that serious. But I think what I've boiled it down to, guys, honestly, is the lack of control. So without having control, there's a spazzing of the outing. And I'm not going to talk about control today, but I am coming back to talk about control sometime this week, hopefully, prayerfully, God willing, because that control is a very big, huge, humongous part of our lives as individuals. And there's, you know, control can be, it could, it could, you know, on, on the pendulum, it could have you going all the way far left, all the way far right. Sometimes it could be very close to the middle where it should be balanced. But most of the time I find there's an imbalance of control, which sends us outside of ourselves. And so in those moments, I really tried to, I, I was really communicating and talking to God so much so that I was able to regain, you know, myself just through his grace and his mercy and his power. Or he helped me to regain. I won't say I regained it because I didn't do anything in my power. Everything was in his power, but he has, has allowed me to re- he in that moment, allowed me to just regain myself again. So I thought it was, it was funny. It was crazy. It was uh, typical SE, you know, just doing her normal thing on a daily basis. But to find God and to find my father in the midst of that, it was, it's just beautiful because he really, he's a living God and he really does, um, he just, he's just with us. He, he, he does care about those moments in our lives where, you know, he, we need him all the time. I, I know that I need him all the time. And even though those moments you may call a girlfriend or you may, you know, speak to your spouse or whatever, and you need that assistance, somebody to help you stay leveled, like calling on Jesus is so awesome because he literally is there with you and he can do more than what a friend or a brother or a sister or a confidant could do. So anyway, but that's not the message for today, but I wanted to just kind of bring you up to see what, but you know, I'll tell you about my Thanksgiving day and it, um, there's been crazier years, but I found, I found that this year was just as crazy. Um, so anyhow, I hope with all of that information that you guys had an, like I said, an amazing Thanksgiving and that you have, I'm sure crazy stories, funny, crazy stories. I wish there was kind of a way to do this live so that we could talk like one to another and share because I think that's fun and it's important to you know communicate with people um so I wanted to talk to you guys today um about something that happened to me this week and and I don't, I don't want to say the title of the show but um I'm going to talk about imperfections so um hi again Welcome to another episode on For the Love of Mustard. Um, it is me, Essie Love, and I know that I, like I say, I know normally at the beginning of a show, you welcome your go- your guests and your people with what the show's name is. I like to do things a little different, so I'm going to stop in the middle to say, yes, this is yet another episode on For the Love of Mustard, but I'm going to talk about imperfections, guys, and um, I'm going to already preface preface this conversation by saying that there are going to be several scriptures that I'm going to read. Um, so brace yourselves. I'm going to leave them with you because, um, I, you know, I know that, that it will, I don't think it'll be good for your, your spirit and your soul and just something that you can read throughout the week and remind you, be reminded and, um, maybe something you've not read or, you know, not heard in this way. So I hope this blesses you like no other, but so this past week, I um, my feelings got really, really hurt, and I'm being truly transparent today. I got really hurt by someone that um, I love very much, you know, someone that I've known for years, and um, I got into a little bit of a tiff with this person. I'll keep them, uh, their names, um, I'll keep them nameless, but anyhow, this person has known me forever and knows some of my weaknesses and my struggles and some of my past. I mean, most of my past, if not, if not all of it, and knows that, yes, I have not been the nicest individual that you would have met. I'm, let me just say this. A lot of people love me for who I am. Um, I am a solid individual. When I'm your friend, I'm your friend, right? If I'm not your friend, I'm not your friend. Um, but you know, some of my struggles and weaknesses have been, or my struggles or even have been that, you know, I've talked to talked about this before, but, you know, anger and um, my attitude sometimes can be a little sh- unschnazzy. It could be really, really nasty. And, um, and I've heard, I'd say a lot of feelings over the years. I, I would say that I, you know, I've kind of put a lot of dents in the relationships, you know, what, you know, I'd say, um, even I'd say my family, but friends, family, um, just by the way that I 
am sometimes, but then there are times that, I mean, you will love me like to death do we part. Like you're going to just love me because I'm a very lovable, sweet, giving individual. I mean, there's no doubt about that, but we all have our Jekyll and Hyde moments, I would like to say. So anyway, um, in the past, I've done some pretty um, harsh things like, you know, the way I talk to people and maybe devaluing them and not intentionally. Like guys, let me tell you, make this very clear, not intentionally, unless there's like some heated words and I'm being intentional, but just, just my personality. And that's just the way I've grown up. I mean, I've grown up that way. I mean, that was my environment. So not to make excuses, but everybody responded to, you know, everyone kind of talked to each other in that way. And, and, um, but when you meet people that aren't like that, you know, and then they kind of show you a different way, like most of my, my heart and soul has been to try to change that, to be the person where when I'm talking to you, you don't have to feel like you're devalued. Um, so as God has been working through me and, and on me and I've been giving him my heart and, and my mind and my soul as much as I can without me trying to have control over it, I find that I've found this past week that my past um, and maybe the hurt that I've I've left upon and pressed upon some people is still there. Maybe I don't know. Um, but I was having a conversation and, it, you know, it was it was about really it was I would say um, the conversation. I don't even remember what it was about, to be honest, but. I just know that the conversation got heated and I think because of our differences as people and I started feeling like, well, I don't know that I was, I had an attitude when I was talking, when I was telling this person, I didn't have an attitude, but I was just saying this to say this, but the person took it like, I, I mean, I was coming at them like I would five, six years ago, you know, and while this person has known, has seen a transformation, I would say in me. I still think that they feel and deal with me the way that they are used to dealing with me or the way that I'm used to dealing with them or with everybody else around me. And so there's an apprehension sometimes, right? When um, I'm, I'm talking to someone or I'm talking to this person and it's almost like they have their guard up, but I don't know why they have their guard up because I'm really honestly not even coming at them like that. Um, so I kind of felt like when I was talking like the individual was kind of like just giving me like a lot of like pushback. And I'm like, what is this going on? Why are you acting like this? Right. I'm not even coming at why. And over time I started feeling like you still feel as though I'm going to respond the way that I used to respond. And I can understand that guys, I can totally understand that because when you have been say abused year after year, after year, day after day, after day, even when the abuser may have, is going through a transformation or has gone through a transformation and has apologized over and over and over again and has walked away to show you that they're not the same. I guess I'm, the abused individual still has a, has some like type of apprehensiveness toward that abuser because that's the way that they've been trained. And so I could understand that. And But I kind of felt like, wow, like because of my imperfections, um... I don't have the grace from this individual to look at me or to treat me any different in this conversation. I'm finding that the imperfections that I have showed in the past are still leading much of our conversations and or that's how the person's looking at me. And so I'm imperfect. I have a lot of things that I have done, I've said and that I regret. There are things that I have, you know, I can't take back. Um one of the and the same individual, you know, gave me an analogy one day and said, you know, it's just like when you shoot a fence with a gun. There's a bunch of bullet holes in that fence. You can cover, you could try to fill those bullet holes up and paint over them as though they've never been damaged. But the more you keep shooting at the fence, the fence will eventually, you know, crumble and fall um, because those bullet hole wounds are still there. So I, you know, that I was thinking about all that and I'm thinking like this, what hurt my feelings the most, and I'm, I'm hopefully I'm not sounding selfish, was that um, if the person could, if this person could re like not even view my imperfections in my past and could see like that I, I, I was not raising my voice, I was not getting attitudinal, I literally was having just a regular conversation without much emotion, 
but the response that they were getting was because there was a back and forth in the conversation. And normally in the past, when we are going back and forth, eventually I'll raise my voice and then it's going to be some kind of heated conversation. (laughs) I think that was the expectation that this is going to be just like other times. We're going to go back and forth with our differences. And then, um, I don't know, you might get ugly again, you know? So it hurt my feelings because I was like, if anybody should know me, they should know, you should know, or the person next to me should know that who's, who's known me for my BFS, you should know Essie's not the same. Essie's kind of like really letting God do things in her life. And because of that, I felt like I couldn't be the person that God has, wants me to be, or I can't be the person that I am now because all you've ever, probably all you'll ever see is the way that I used to be, my old self, the self that no longer wants to be that, the self that doesn't want to be angry anymore or act out of anger. I literally want to just let God, the peace and the love of Christ flow through me when I talk, but that does not mean I have to cower like like a scaredy cat. You know what I mean? So I say all that to say I have faults. I am wrong in a lot of things, but it would have been really nice to know that I was given the opportunity to to voice my opinion without it being that you're imperfect. You in the past have done this. And all I'm, I see in this moment is that you're going to go back to that versus the transformation that I'm watching. Hopefully that you're watching God do in your life. I'm going to give you that grace. I'm going to give you that opportunity. I forgive you truly for what you did in the past. So Again, like I said, my feelings were totally hurt. And um, so after that, I don't know, 30 minutes of what's going back and forth, I got in the car and I was, you know, doing running an errand. And I was in that mode of like, I'm going to go ahead and start texting and saying, you know, how disheartened I was. Because really, I didn't even feel like it was, I, I didn't feel like that would have been the right response for that person. Um, aside from the fact that I could understand, again, I've been abused. So I understand the feeling that you have. When you have that, the abuser is going to start to abuse again. But when you truly, and this is in, this is totally individual, when you get to a place where I can't do anything about the abuse that I have experienced other than what I can do right now in the present, which is to stand on my own two feet, which is, yeah, you demand respect. But at the same time, I let go of what you did because I don't want to be controlled by what an abuser has done. I don't want to live in that light anymore. I don't want to live there. I just want to be able to say, God has delivered me. My joy is only predicated on what he did at the cross. I give everything to him. I love the life that he's given me. He's given me a second, third, fourth, fifth, fifteenth chance. I'll be daggummed if I live as a victim. So I see it different, you know? And um, so as I was getting ready to, to, I'll tell you how awesome God is. I was getting ready to start, and I know, judge me if you want, text and drive in my neighborhood. Because I was still in that moment of like, I'm really hurt by how you even, how you even just continued to think that that I was not good enough for, well, let me hear this, let, let me hear her out. Don't let me hear her out. No, you're imperfect. This is what you tend to do. And that's not what the person has said, but that's how I perceived what they were doing. Or how they felt. So I wanted to share that in that text message and keep it moving and just kind of close it and drop it. But before I could even get the whole text message out, here comes a phone call. Ring, my phone rings, and it's my girlfriend. And she um she called me, and that was totally God in- intervening. I, I'm I hand my hands are up right now. God's intervention. Be called seriously. Like I could I had. I am disheartened. That's all I had in the text message. She calls me and she says, you know, I just wanted to call you and tell you how much of a great friend you are. I wanted to tell you how you stuck by me like no other and just words of like words of affirmation. And I'm about to start crying right now, guys. And it was like a beautiful moment because as hurt and angry as I was, God was saying that wasn't what you needed to do. Let me, you know intervening. So she calls me and she's just saying, I just want to thank you. You know, I, you know, just, she was just saying so much. And she said, and so I just, before I get to work, I just want to pray for you. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me, Lord. Like you, you are always there. Not that he was vindicating me, 
um, in that moment, because I'm not saying that I was right in the conversation, but in that moment, he, um, I think in that moment, what I felt was his presence to say, baby girl, you don't even have to go that route. Give it to me. Moving on. Yeah, you're hurt. I know what that's like. He, of course he does, but I love you more than anything. And I don't want you even giving your heart and your space to the enemy in that way. That's not even forget. And before I left, before I left where I was going, I don't even know where I was. I was in one place and I was running an errand. I, I really, I heard the spirit of the, of the Lord say, forgive quickly, forgive quickly. And I said, all right, Lord, the only way that I'm this, I'm only way I'm going to be able to live in you and through you is living out your word. Forgive quickly. So in that moment, when I, when I was, you know, I was leaving the, the one place to get to the other place, I knew I was like, I have to drop it and I have to forgive and truly forgive, not just say it, but in my heart, forgive. Um, so then I'm, of course, I want to still send his text message and then he cuts me off. And I just thought, you know, I, of course, after the prayer, I cried and, you know, I'm just like, God, I just thank you for being who you are because, because none of that was just by coincidence, right? Like, the living God that lives had a, my girlfriend call me to say all these wonderful things to me and then to pray with me. And I received every, I received every word of it. I received every word that God spoke through her. And I forgave in that moment. In that moment, I was like, I drop it. And I forgive. And it doesn't matter what is said or what is done. I will continuously love this person to the day that we go on to glory. You know what I mean? And that was different for me because I've never done that. Um, and living out God's word is so, it's uplifting, but it, it really is taking his, taking his yoke is so light. It's so easy. I didn't have to walk around with a grudge. I'm, I'm queen of grudges. I will grudge you for, for, for a freaking, for like, like four f- months. You know what I mean? Like I, I will grudge. I, I'm this, I'm the same individual who got out of my car on the highway Okay, guys, um, one year, a girl cut me off when I was driving to work, cut me off. So on, off, off the side ramp of, you know, when you're waiting to get off the highway, there was a lot of traffic. This is the same individual that's talking, got out her car, banged on the person's window and almost <laughs> beat her up. Like that's, that's, that's Essie. That's like the Essie in the past. So for me to be able to, forgive in that moment and say, I'm sorry and apologize. That is a complete transformation, like complete, um, utter 180. So anyhow, um, I started thinking about this and it just started making me think about our imperfections and how, you know, we are imperfect, but God doesn't view us that way. He views us as his creation. And when we give our hearts to him, he really, really does and, and you ask for forgiveness, he forgets the old and he moves on with the new. And every morning we are, we wake up with these brand new mercies, you know, and it's just the benefit of being a child of God and giving him his, your heart to him. And so I started thinking about, wow, how many people, and after all of this, I started thinking about how many people I treat by their imperfections and how I haven't let go of some of the things that maybe they've done in the past that I'm looking at them like I'm waiting for you to flip because all these beautiful words that you have coming out your mouth, I'm not even giving you the benefit of the doubt. How many people I do that with? I do that with my family. That's first and foremost. So that was something for me to look at myself and say, Essie, you've got some change. You've got some work to do. We've, we've got some things to look at. This maybe was an experience for me to see, okay, I know how I felt by someone, you know, who I love, who, someone that I love, someone that I trust, you know, someone that I truly care about felt like, felt the way that they felt about me in that moment, that hurt my feelings. So, wow, what am I doing to somebody else? You know what I mean? What am I, how am I treating other people? And um, I don't want to do that. So maybe if that was a moment for me to see that, my kids, you know, my spouse, my um, my mom, my dad, like my friends, I, you know, that I cut off and that I feel like, ah, I don't feel like dealing with them. No, that's just not. Because if you serve a God that does not do that, and you are an example, you're an ambassador where, you know, I'm an ambassador for Christ as I walk and I talk and I am, there's no possible way I'm going to be able to continue to do this. So it was a, it was a teaching moment for me about imperfections and that, yes, we have all been hurt 
whether we have been hurt by a friend, by a foe, by a family member, it does not matter. Every one of us in this world, because we're imperfect individuals, we're only we're only covered by God's grace and mercy. You know, those that have given their lives to Christ. Now, those that have not, you're still waking up every morning. You still there's an opportunity. So God still is covering you. It's how amazing. You haven't given your heart to him. He's your daddy. I mean, well, he's your creator, but maybe not your father. But he still covers you. You know, so if in fact I can stop treating people with their imperfections because we've all been hurt. But when you get to the place when you say, but I've done some things and I've been forgiven. Why can I share that same? Why can I shed that same forgiveness to someone else? Some of you have been raped, molested, beaten, um, mentally abused, financially abused. Um, words, you know, you've been um, someone has hit you below the belt. Um, just you name it, it's happened. You maybe you're angry, you know, at, at people and, and, and friends and siblings for maybe betraying your trust, you know, or, or cutting you in such a way that you feel like that'll, you'll never be able to forgive, but you have to, and you have to give people the benefit of the doubt because it's really, though it's for, you feel like if I don't forgive you, then you'll always feel the pain. But the person feeling the pain is, is you as the individual. We're feeling the pain. And when you relinquish that type of hold and, and you relinquish that, I'm going to always treat this person with their imperfections. When you drop it and let it go, you will find such a burden being lifted off of you. And that peace of God can rest with you and on you. There is such a beautiful, awesome, wonderful, burdenless walk when you're allowed, when you just let it go, let drop it, squash it, pop a squat, let it go seriously. Cause you need to live the life that God has allowed you just created for us to live. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't mean that our lives are not going to be have turmoil. Of course it is. And yeah, you're going to be hurt. But if you start to work toward letting that hurt go, eventually the person, right? that has hurt you and abused you will see and maybe they can come and start letting go of the frustrations and the hurt and and the, the anger they have for someone else or for themselves. And it'll be a trickle effect. There'll be a domino effect. And everybody will be able to walk in the spirit of liberty and freedom and hope. Burdenless. You don't have to walk around with it. You don't have to walk around with unforgiveness. You don't have to continue to walk around with, I swear I'm not going to let this person ever let it go. No, I'm not, not going to let them ever feel like they um, are fully forgiven. I'll, oh, or this, the famous words, I'll forgive, but I won't forget. Then you're not forgiving. A plus and a minus equals a negative. Okay. A plus and a minus is a minus. A positive and a negative is a negative. The positive, I'll forgive. The negative, but I won't forget equals a negative. So you haven't fully forgiven. You're walking around with a very hard heart, okay? A burden that's weighing on your heart, weighing on your, your shoulders, weighing on your mind and shutting everything down in, in the process. Not helpful. No. Take God's yoke. It is so light because he drops it. When he asks, he drops it. If someone says, forgive me, forgive them. Because in the midst of you forgiving them, your heart with God is right. And you know what? It's all right because you're still here. You're still here. You may have to dig in that in that in Pandora's box a little bit and you start taking out these things that over the years may have hurt you or recently may have someone may have caused you to feel your imperfections again, how you've left them or you rejected someone or whatever the case might be. You know what those hurts are. You know what those pains are. Don't treat people with their don't treat people imperfectly. Don't. It's not worth it. It only continues to perpetuate that hurt and that pain. And that person will never feel free to be able to live a transformed life or even start living a transformed life. Understanding that they've done some things. And yes, they should come and say, sorry, please forgive me. I truly am. But if in fact that's what they do and they ask for forgiveness, forgive. Just forgive. Let it go. So that that would... That is my message today or just what I want to talk about today because we live everyday life with everyday things. And, and I think that to be as practical as as, as we are, um, we're practical individuals. But, you know, for some of us like me, I want to live through the spirit of God. But these are real issues. So imperfections are real. We're not perfect and we're never going to be perfect. 
So if you're trying to strive for that, let it go. You're never going to be perfect. You are only who you are and, and perfect in the eyes of your father when, through the saving grace of Jesus Christ. But as individuals, there's nothing you can ever do to be perfect. And because we are imperfect individuals, right? Serving a perfect God, treating yourself or treating other people by those imperfections only keeps you bound as an individual. And it only continues to bind the individual that you're reminding of their imperfections. I want you to think about a time when you were affirmed. It's like time that God affirmed me the other day in that conversation with my girlfriend. When you are affirmed, when you're spoken of positively because you are such the, you know, you can walk around feeling like you are the worst person on the earth. But when someone starts pulling out the things that you do so well or starts pulling out the things that you have done um, over time for people, um, your giving heart or whatever the case might be, when you start hearing the positive things about you, what does that do for you? Does it overshadow the negative? Does it make you see that maybe just maybe you're not as bad after all as you think you are? You are doing things that aren't good, maybe. Your behaviors can certainly be different and change to, to mirror right what God has spoken in his word about for us to do is to walk in love and to be love and to treat people like you want to be treated. Don't treat people like you've been treated. If it's been negative, don't do that because that's not going to help. But when you're spoken of in such a in such a high, um, when you're spoken of in in a in a positive light, is what I'm trying to say. Think about how you feel in that moment. Think about who you see in that moment. You're gonna be able to feel that every time and all the time when you let things go and you start treating people like they want to be treated and not treating them imperfectly or treating them by their imperfections. So I'll, I'll stop right there because I want you to really rest and I really want you to rest in that, in that idea of when God affirms you, who, who do you feel like in that moment? Who do you believe you are in that moment of affirmation? Okay, so let's go to the scriptures, okay? So many scriptures do I have for you? So I started thinking of, and, and I would apologize for this being so long, but I think it's so important. I'm not going to apologize at all. This is so important to, to, to talk about. Um, but the three things that came up for me, um, when I was thinking about how, you know, I was, I felt in that moment of, you know, me feeling my imperfections again, you know, and I feel like I could never, I'll never be able to live outside of those imperfections. Um, you know, or, or the negative part that I've lived and I've shown and I've given to people. And I take it. I, I mean, I'm totally accountable for what I've said and done in the past. Totally. God, I'm not even trying to, to bypass that. I am 100% accountable. I'll even tell you bef- my wrongs before I tell you my rights. Um, and that's just the way I, I am. But when I started thinking about, wow, that's how I felt. What am I doing to others? Um, three things came to mind. Um, compassion, forgiveness, and love. And in that moment, I would have loved for the compassion, the compassion um, from that other individual to be highlighted versus my imperfections. I would have loved to be treated compassionately in that moment because I felt like you're not even giving me a chance. Where's the compassion? Um, I would have loved to felt forgiven in that moment. And I would ultimately have loved to felt loved. But while I didn't get that from the individual, here I am getting emotional again. I got it from my dad. I got it from the Lord. He showed me compassion in that phone call. He reminded me of the forgiveness that he died for, for me to connect me to him. And he ultimately wrapped it around with nothing but unconditional love. So what I was yearning for from that individual I got it from my dad and he reminded me, baby girl, I am, I do give you the compassion. Listen to what I'm saying in this conversation. Don't send that text message. Forgive quickly. I do forgive you and I love you more than anything. That's why I died for you. So I and started to search out the scriptures and I, and I found several. So, um, and it blessed me and I, I want you to, um, I, guys, I'm so sorry. Oh, I was hoping not to get emotional, but I did. 
anyway, um, I hope that these bless you and I hope that you can use these throughout your week, throughout your days, throughout your month, throughout the years. And I hope that you share this with others. And I truly, truly, truly hope that when you're dealing with others and you're dealing with yourself, first and foremost, yourself, give yourself some compassion to give, not yourself. Let me say this. Let the compassion of God, what he did at the cross, what he did when he sent his son <laughs> to die on a cross for, for us, let that overtake you. Don't, I'm not saying do not be accountable for your actions. Absolutely. Deal with them, confess your sins and ask for forgiveness from the Lord and, and really turn back away from them and repent and go forward. But God does give you compassion. He does. He is the utmost compassion for you, right? Because he died. The Lord Jesus died on the cross for your sins. So when you're dealing with yourself, there should be compassion. Forgive, forgive yourself. God has given you forgiveness. Accept his forgiveness. I mean, really, he died for it. Accept it. And uh, remember to love yourself the right way. The right way. The way that the Bible speaks of. And as you do that within yourself and accept and receive it from the Lord, then you give it to others. You share it. So the first scripture is Romans 12. Romans chapter 12, 14 through 18. And I'm going to be reading out of the um, NIV version, the New International Version. Okay, so this these are scriptures um, that deal with compassion. All right, so Romans twelve, Romans chapter twelve, verse fourteen to eighteen says, and Lord, I'm sorry, guys, I would love to have it all like in front of me without flipping the pages, but all right, fourteen through eighteen, it says, "Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice, and mourn with those who mourn." Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So, yeah, it has love in there, but um, compassion and love, of course, you know, almost one and the same. Um but that was Romans chapter 12, verse 14 to 18. Um, next um, compassionate scripture is going to be Matthew 5 and 7. Let's see. Matthew 5 and 7 says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Be merciful, because God will show you mercy, right? Next scripture is Ephesians 4, 32. I'm still in compassion. So Ephesians 432. All right. 432 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Can't say it and not do it. You got to live it. You got to do it. And you got to fight through it a lot of times. But you can't, it can be done, right? Even if it's calling on the Lord and saying, God, help me in this moment. Give me the grace to do this. Help me to forgive. Help me to be compassionate. Uh, the next compassionate scripture is Colossians 3, 12 through, thir- 12 through 13. Colossians 3, 12 through 13. And it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion kindness clothe yourselves with compassion kindness humility gentleness and patience bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another forgive as the lord forgave you You gotta do it we just have to do it we can't think about it you just have to do it and not with your mouth with your heart it can be done don't say don't say to yourself "Ah, i can't it can be done so stop telling yourself that lie because the bible says it can be done all right, last compassionate scripture is 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 9. And it says, Finally, all of you, live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers and be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to, to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. So, 
that was all compassion. I hope that blesses you. I'm going to move on to forgiveness. Um, forgiveness is a little longer. So I think I'm going to stop this um, recording because I see that it's like at 44 minutes and 24 seconds. And I'm going to add an additional um, additional recording after this with the forgiveness and love scriptures. Okay, guys. All right. Thanks. Hold on just a second. Okay, I'm back. All right. So forgiveness. Forgiveness. Um, the first. Oh, sorry. First scripture is Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. Um, and that says... I thought I was 12 to 14. Sorry about it. All right. So Matthew, what did I say? Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. And that says, forgive us our, well, it was part of the, let me just say this. It's really just one line in the, um, in, you know, the prayer, our father who art in heaven. But, um, I thought verse 12 is important because it says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So in that, just to say, you know, forgive. You've forgiven us. <clears throat> We're asking you to forgive us. We need to be forgiving those who trespass against us or those who have done stuff to us or things to us that we feel are unforgivable sins. We still need, we need to forgive. You're asking us to forgive. We're asking you to forgive us. Then we need to be able to, sh to shed that same forgiveness to someone else. And it, and it needs to be genuine. So then along right Right below it, you have verse 14 and 15, which says, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Excuse me. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. So how, how important really is it for you to, to decide that you're not going to forgive someone? It may not seem like. God forgiving you of your sins is a big deal because, yeah, you don't see him. Yeah, you don't believe that he will. I mean, he's God. I mean, of course he's God. He's, God is love. Like, why wouldn't he forgive me my sins? Because at the end of the day, there are laws. And there are spiritual laws in, that have been set in place. And God abides by those. And when you ask him to forgive you, he's going to forgive you. But his expectation is that you forgive others as well. Why? <laughs> because that's what he set out to do. This is this is this is along with, you know, when he said I didn't come to to do away with the law, but I came to fulfill the law. You know, God wants us to love. And the only way you can love is really through. Think about it. You forgiving those that have wronged you. You know what I mean? How many people wronged Jesus while he was walking on this earth, healing people and, and performing miracles? And how many people wronged him? But did he hate them? Did he? No, he forgave them. Forgive them for, you know, what did he say when he was on the cross? God, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. And even though you do have people in life that know what they're doing, they do it intentionally because they want to hurt you. Those people have been hurt themselves. And they're trying to they're trying to keep from being hurt. So. I'm going to get you sucker. I'm going to get you last. I'm going to have the last word. And I'm going to say something that's going to really hit you below the belt to shut you up. Why? Because they're hurt. And they're only going to keep be getting hurt because they're hurt individuals walking around looking for the next person to hurt because they don't want to be hurt no more. But all the while, while they're hurting other people, they're hurting themselves. It's just ricocheting right back to them. Right? I know that because I did it. I do it. I've done it. I did it. And it doesn't serve me any good purpose. It only comes back to me and it hurts me and slaps me in the face. Okay, just like the old adage, you know, when you point a gun at somebody, you got one finger going towards that other person. But how many fingers you got coming back at you? You got three. Is it worth it? So it's very it's really worth you. It's worth it. And it's worth your life to forgive and, and to decide not that you're not going to forgive because your father will not forgive you or your creator will not forgive you. It's not worth it. Okay, so. Next um, chapter is uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 22. 18, verse 21 through 22. And it says, oh, <clears throat> he says, then Peter said, came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you. Not seven times, but 77 times, you know, another version says, I think it's King James, it says 70 by seven. So it's like, it's continuous. If they, you know, it doesn't matter. It says, right. The Lord says how many, he says up 
to 77 times. Like you for, you need to be forgiving. Don't worry about it. You just need to forgive. <laughs> Love the Lord. And then um, from, okay, so that was verses 21 through 22. And then verses 23 to 35. It's a long one, but I think it's important. So I want to read it. I think it's important. I know it's important. This is, this is life right here. And then it says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts, one of my favorite parables, who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. How awesome is that? He took pity on him and let it go. But oh, that little servant. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Excuse me. And he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me. And I will pay you back the same exact words that that servant said to his master. Be patient with me and I will pay you back. And that master forgave his debt and sent him on his way. This servant says, or this servant refused. Instead, and that was starting at verse 30, but he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? (laughs) In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. So I'm going to stop right there real quick just to say wasn't worth it. It was not worth it for that servant and it's definitely not worth it for us. So to, to again, to, to, un, to not forgive your brother, your friend, um, an enemy, you know what I'm saying? A family member, a child, yourself is not worth it because God forgives. And when you ask for forgiveness, he forgives. So when you choose that you don't want to, that is like a slap, a slice, a slice or a slap in the face. You know what I'm saying? And it's not about you just saying, oh, I forgive you. If your heart, you can't fool God. So if your heart is not forgiven, you haven't fooled him. He already knows. So before you open your mouth and say, I, I do or I will or I am, you make sure that your heart says it and you've gotten in your heart to understand, I will follow God's words. God, you know what I'm saying? And I will forgive. And God, give me the grace or whatever it takes for you to, to do. You make sure that you do it because it is for your own good. And furthermore, going back to the imperfections, that's the same thing with imperfections. And, and, and treating people like as though they can't be forgiven. Treating them by the way that they their old selves or their who they used to be or how they used to respond or how they used to act or what they did that they never apologized for. It doesn't matter. You stand in the middle of God's word. You stand with his word on your shoulders and you watch God, how he operates. You watch how he moves in not only your life, but in the life of that individual, because they need to be free too. They need to be free from all of the burdens in which they are carrying around. Right. And, 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 and understanding and letting them know that they can allow themselves to cry. They can allow themselves to to not feel like they're punks. I mean, that's how I didn't want to feel like a punk by saying sorry and asking for forgiveness. But it's, you're not being a punk. You walk in rightly by God, by his word. And that's what matters. Forget what people say. Forget how people make you feel. All that matters is what God says. God is your creator. And for hopefully many of you that listen, he's your father. You've given him that right to your heart. So it doesn't really matter how people may look at you. Them looking at you like that might be, you know, like that for five minutes. But when they see that you're confidently standing in, on God's word, it too will open up something. And it'll, it'll unlock like, it'll be like that key that unlocks that diary. And once that diary book is open, the freedom for them to be able to just walk 
and to do and to and to feel like it's okay to actually follow God because this person did it and they did it with all of us staring at this person. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter, right? Now you've opened up a door for somebody else to say, I want to be free. But if you don't want, if you're not going to walk in God's word and his way and be that example and that ambassador, then sometimes people don't know that it's okay to do that. So, and they don't know. Some people just really don't know. So anyway, I would, I would suggest, and I would encourage you to do that. Um, next forgiveness scripture is Mark chapter 11, verse 25. Mark chapter 11, verse 25 says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins. All these scriptures that are in different um, books of the Bible, but that say the same thing. You got to forgive your brother. You got to forgive. How is he going to hear your prayer if you're having a hard heart against someone or something? No. Um, next forgiveness scripture is Ephesians chapter 1, 7 through 8. Ephesians chapter 1, 7 through 8 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Isn't that beautiful? And the last forgiveness scripture or is 2 Corinthians 5, chapter 17 through 19. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17 through 19 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation, to reconcile to come together. He didn't count our sins when he decided to reconcile himself back him to his children. You know, he he didn't count our sins in order to, in order for the reconciliation. He wanted to reconcile. So, you have to do the same for others. Old and new, old and new. And then the last two scriptures are I'm going to say are about love. Um the love scriptures, and of course, I mean, it cannot be anything other than 1 Corinthians 13, chapter 13, 5 and 8, right? You got to love this. I didn't do the whole thing, but I just did. Um, all right, so 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 says, um, well, let me just say this. Let me start from 4. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. That's the part that I wanted to highlight. It keeps no record of wrongs. You have got to remember that. Love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Um, verse 8 says, love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. So without that love, that perfect love, the rest of everything dies because love is the seal, right? And then the very last love scripture, and then I'm going to leave you on this beautiful Sunday, is 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. And it says, oh, I love the Bible. I love God. It says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. I cannot... I mean, that says it all. Love covers a multitude of sins. You do not have to remember the sins of others for you to interact with them, for you to um, love them, for you to um, for you to do anything. Love covers a multitude of sins. And, and that was expressed when God went to the cross for each and every one of us. So I really, truly hope that all of this has been a very, very long, um, like many of my other ones, a long podcast. I my hope and my goal is that through this, maybe it is ignited something in you and maybe you needed to hear this because it's important for you to love, forgive and have compassion. Um, but what ties all and binds all of that is love. And um, if you are not a believer, I hope and pray that you would seek God, just search him, search his heart. He has nothing to hide. He created you. He loves you more than anything. And he will love, like scripture says, he you know, he didn't count your sins when he reconciled or when he had brought his son to this earth to connect 
us back to him because he wants that connection. He wants that relationship in the midst of you and your sinful nature and desire. He doesn't care. He wants his children and wants to show you that he will, he is the ultimate. He's everything you actually need. You don't need anyone else or anything else before needing him first. Um, because he's God, he's everyone, he's everything, excuse me, he's everything you actually need. Um, but he wants us to share what he is with others. So anyhow, how this has blessed you, it's definitely blessed me to, uh, to have experienced what I experienced this week, but it was important because I, it needed to be something that I work toward and I work on and, um, forgive easy, forgive quickly, just forgive, like let it go, move on, take God's word and read it and apply it application is 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 always gone application is powerful knowledge is power you know absolutely right because without the knowledge you don't have that power but you're not powerful until you apply that knowledge and i'm going to say that hopefully on every podcast i have application of that knowledge is where the power lies so um love and peace to all of you beautiful people uh ciao for now and have a beautiful rest of the week